to the Music News Podcast on Monday. I'm your host, Hunter Gillum. Will Klassen is out today for very good reason, and I want to start on something that's heavy. I want to talk a little bit about George Floyd because it's so important not only to the music industry, but just generally our lives. Um, Our hearts go out to George Floyd and his family the protesters fighting for this country and fighting for what's right. I think we need to recognize first and foremost that America's music industry is built by black musicians. What America's music is, is black music. And we need to recognize that. There's just so much hate in this world. And I think it's really important that as of right now, we take a break from creating our music and standing up for our friends, our family members, the people that we care for and the people we don't care for as well. Our neighbors, anyone. (laughs) And the people we necessarily don't know. A big thing that's happening right now is as this podcast comes out on Monday, Tuesday, there will be a music industry blackout. Anyone who is watching this podcast, I strongly recommend that you do the same. Take a break from promoting your music. Take a break from promoting others. Sit down your guitar and go out and talk to your family about the inequalities in this world, the systematic racism. It's important. Do this for George Floyd. Do this for our community. Do this for everyone that has lost their lives and the people who are fighting for their freedom still. Anyway, I think the big topic that I want to be talking about this week, and it's just crazy to think that this will be our last Music News Monday podcast unless the incoming ASP continue this, which I really hope they do. But if they don't, I want to talk about the future of what this music industry will become and the things that we can guess about. We've guessed about, you know, how COVID has impacted us. Not only do we have COVID to think about, but we need to be thinking about the economic repercussions of what has happened because of COVID. And not only because of COVID, but also of these protests and how they impact the music industry as well. Every industry right now, for the better. Though these things come with financial shortcomings in the short term, we hope for many things, right? And this is based off of the website sound charts. They had really great four point chart that I really want us to break down. And I want to get into the first one right away. This is how AI will shape all the aspects of the music industry from democratization of music creation to the automation Second point being how automation will reshape music marketing as the music market grows more crowded. Third, having more income and new better ads for artists. And finally, machine learning, which always changes everything. I think we see so much, especially within the last 10 years of how much AI has evolved. It, it kind of just drives us a bit crazy, to be honest. <laughs> At least it drives me a bit crazy. Um But it's so funny, and this is something Will and I have talked about, is when we go into our music apps, when we stream our music, 
I guess the first thing I look at is the new music playlists that that pop up on my feed or you know the best hits off of the songs that I've already added on my playlist these machine learning applications that allow me to feel not only comfortable with the music that I've already consumed and listened again or find the you know the deep cuts that I didn't really consider or finding something completely new that I know is going to be good Playlists are the way, they've always been the way, they will continue to be the way. And this is especially due to AI. The second point I want to hit home is how the way we consume music will change. Having the rise of local repertoires into the streaming age to generative music rising thanks to contextual playlists, and also just the decline of albums and having this post-album era. To rehash that again, I mean... I barely listen to albums myself. I'm curious if you do, but for me, I don't. It comes down to playlists. It comes down to the singles. You always get the things of the, uh, you know, the summer hits, you know, or you see like the EPs or um, an artist going into different genres, experimenting with this. You know, this is how Taylor Swift got her start. You know, she's starting out country and pretty soon she's putting out pop singles and finally she's putting uh, putting out pop albums. Well, guess what? She's a pop artist. I think these are things that we're going to continue to see is the detachment of albums and we'll be continuing going into singles. Will albums be considered the LPs of what they are now? Just very vintagey. Oh, that's cool. You know, you create a whole album. That's so story-like. No one does that anymore. And I think also that's partially due to the financial struggles of independent artists, which mostly make up the music industry. It's not profitable to make a whole album unless you have a record deal and a whole slew of marketing, but you know, the whole nine yards. It's not profitable. Yeah, sure, it's your baby, but it's not going to make you as much money as you know, an EP could, where you're saving a little bit of money by making five-ish songs. Or what about a single? Little effort with the same amount of a marketing plan if you put behind an album. People can get behind repetition. They listen to the same song. Oh, that's only three minutes of my life. That's fine. 30, 45 minutes. Now that's something different. I don't see a lot of people sitting down in their cars and listening to a whole album. I don't know about you, but there's not a lot of people doing a whole lot of road trips, especially because of an economic crisis right now. It's not a good move. I just recommend that albums right now, it's not a good move. EPs, maybe. Singles. If you have to put out music right now, that's the way to go. Because right now, 99% of people who consume new music are doing that through travel banging two things out at once. It's important to understand how your fans support you. How do they support you? Is it through you playing shows live? Is it through the singles? Is that where you get your most streams? Is it through you having a feature on something? Is it you being featured on someone else's music? These are the analytics that you need to know as a DIY musician. You don't have a manager. So guess what? It's your problem. (laughs) Get a manager if you don't want to do that. 
I, I sincerely find it fun to look at these analytics and understand, you know, what what areas as artists we can work on. Though it's not all about the finances. Yes, I get that. Partially is. It's good to have a good creative output, not output. It's good to have a it's good to have a creative sound, but it's also as equally as important to have a good academic mind when it comes to this, a good business mind when it comes to this. I also want to talk about my third topic is how different areas of media will start to converge. We see the attention of the economy's peaks. Music will face increasing competition from other entertainment formats. Consider COVID. Newsflash. This is the great equalizer. I keep saying this. This is what Riker was talking about on our first Friday Q&A. Great equalizer, folks. We now have every musician fighting with every other musician on Instagram Live. Like I said, great equalizer. We have all the artists wanting to hop on an Instagram Live now. How can you tell tell them uh, apart from one another other than the profiles? You can't. Advertise, maybe? What, on the same social platform? You're just getting more... It's It's not... It's oversaturated. Social media has just been completely oversaturated. Just like the music industry was when we first like had SoundCloud or or you know, those type of streaming platforms where we were able to independently upload that stuff, you know? It's an oversaturated market. Time for a new plan. We have Netflix, we have Hulu, we have like it or not, Quibi. We have Disney Plus, big one right there. All fighting with us for screen time for the consumers. Something we need to think about is how we can converge some of these things, how we can fuse some of these things in. You know, and the point I want to get on is the collaboration and genre fusion, like this this meme hypothesis. To go down this rabbit hole a little bit, it's, in, it's important to, to know your marketing strategy. If you don't want to put in a lot of work, have a couple of video gifs. Have some visual content for your music. That's that's good enough. Get those get those eyes moving. Get those likes, the comments. Get people engaged. Well, how do you get people engaged with content that they've maybe seen? If you're okay going down the comedic way, why don't you make a meme out of yourself? Why don't you use TikTok in its platform or the TikTok related stuff? Make a dance for your song. Hire a choreographer to make a dance for you. There are ways to do this. Converge medias. Use different art forms in order to gauge your audience. This isn't new. This isn't new. Something off the top top of my head that I think about is, you know, uh, the music video. When Michael Jackson, I think in the 80s or so, when he did, was it Thriller? That Quincy Jones record in, in him did that Thriller song and they made like a literal short film. That was revolutionary. I know the people, most of us watching, listening to this podcast, maybe a little too young for that type of stuff, but like that was literally revolutionary. People never saw that on MTV. It was literally like this montage type of music video. But then you're seeing like a short movie, then turn actual music video with dance and the whole thing. Like that was a new breed of music video. This is the same thing. 
we're on the preface of a new frontier when it comes to everything that we literally consume in this world. Entertainment is just another one of them. So now is the time to start figuring out how you're going to set yourself apart from the rest. Here's another idea. What does it look like to converge gaming and music together? I don't know, but you know what a, um, you know what platform uses both? Twitch. This is nothing new. They've been doing this for the past, what, five, ten years maybe? You have musicians going on Twitch and doing their thing. What would it look like having your music published into a video game? Something to think about. You know, I think a lot about that Halo theme. <laughs> and taking a lot of music history classes, it's crazy to see how such a old style of music is completely revamped for its purpose. It's Gregorian chant. It's pretty much what it is. It's medieval chant. A bunch of old sweaty dudes, <laughs> you know, uh, sing it. It's, it's pretty interesting to see how that's like, when you think of that, uh, oh, like I could totally sing you that whole song and I haven't played that, that game since like 2005. I wonder what that did for the Gregorian chant music industry. <laughs> but these are the applications we need to start thinking of. How can we apply our music to different formats? The attention economy has peaked. Music will face increasing competition from other entertainment formats. Think about that. Let's hit that final topic, how the financial aspect of the music industry will increasingly detach from the artistic side. Ooh, this is a heavy one right here, DIY musicians. And this affects everyone. And the bullet point that Soundcharts makes is as artists grow more powerful, so will music managers. Well, that always happens. See Chance the Rapper and, you know, his, his friend. They started off as punk kids, right? And now you see uh, Chance's manager all over, you know, maybe back in 2015 or 2016 when it was like huge news, you know, of him rolling around the Donald S. Passman book because he had cred. I'm talking more about how we will see the detachment and how this will empower the artists themselves. I think a really big thing is that I've seen, at least within my college career, I'm about to head out, I'm about to hit, this is my last week at Western, and then I, I just started my own music booking agency. And I've just learned so much. And I think, honestly, the college itself has not taught me about the music industry. It's through the, the media that I've consumed throughout my time. Um, I've learned about music theory. I've learned how to play the keyboard. I've learned how to, you know, I've learned about the history of music itself all the way up until ragtime music. Um, man, I took a ton of jazz courses. I've, I've done, I feel like everything in college. I learned about the music industry. I learned about audio technology. I feel like I'm pretty well-rounded. But what I've noticed is that when I want to learn about what a booking agent does, what a music manager does, how to score a record deal, how to get a scout to notice me, how to book a gig. Those things I didn't learn in college and those things you'll never learn in college. It's like the same thing of like, how do I balance a checkbook? How do I do my taxes? You look it up on the internet. <laughs> Go ask your friends. Go talk to the talent buyer at the Wild Buff. Craig Jewell, tell him Hunter sent you. Sent you. I bet he'd love that. <laughs> he'd get a ton of people just hitting him up.
in his DMs. But do it. I'm serious. Because this is how you gain the connections and the information. And this is how you take your next big step within the music industry. I feel like all the information that I've learned is through making the mistakes. Booking bad gigs. Talking to the wrong people in the music industry. Now I feel like I, I have enough knowledge to like literally make my own business. You can too. It just takes time. And you know what? It's not going to be like at the snap of your fingers, you're going to know everything. Read on these things. I quote, I quote the music business book. Learn how to tap into that creativity. Take some music theory courses. Be as well-rounded as you, uh, be, be a jack of all trades because you know what? If you're going into the music business sector, the artists that you want as your clients will trust you more because they see you as a musician. That's that's a big thing that I learned. Just a nugget right there. If you want a musician to trust you, be a musician first. You know, to, to, to get out of that rabbit hole and start to speak more about this detachment from the finances, from the artistic side of the music industry, it's always been like that. And actually, it's it's always been super detached, but it will continue to be more detached. And this is because this is how our music model has worked for the past 20 years, for the past 10 years, I would say. Because Napster, it started, you know, late 90s and transitioned about a decade. The music industry runs slow. And I would say by 2010, we really started to see this new model where labels would hit up independent artists in a group or in a clique and sign them rather than having artist development deals. You know, those aren't a thing anymore. Wish they were because that's how you increase the longevity of the artist profile, artist brand. It makes sense. It's just a long run type of thing. But if, you know, labels can get a, a short win or multiple short wins here and there, hey, then they're going to do that. But we'll see we'll see a further divide. And I hope it's not the case because we see a lot of DIY musicians really educating themselves on what does publishing rights mean to me? Can I can I do that myself? You know, if I want to print a record, like how do I how do I stamp vinyl like or, you know, the, whatever the verb is, you know, what are royalties in these things? I hope I hope that's the case. But there is a barrier from knowing these things and then actually implementing them. I think not to speak on like how it will detach, but more on the fact of how we are able to intertwine these more. The music managers, the booking agents that you employ, the business managers, the graphic designers, the creative directors, the coordinators, the the grips, everybody that you employ, I hope, I hope that the, the people that you employ know more about the music industry than they do about the creative side. I'm serious. Because this is how we get the power back within the artist's grip. And I'm not saying that professionals are important. Because they absolutely are. But in order to, to create innovation when it comes to an industry, you need to shake some shit up. When people were finally starting, starting learning how to read, when the literacy, literacy rates were starting to, to go up, oh man. 
that was some shit, wasn't it? When we're able to put information, wisdom, and knowledge back into the hands of the artists, when they start to employ their friends, when they're starting to employ their community, increase the GDP, that's when the industry starts to turn heads. That's what we need. And that's something that I'm trying to do right now. Create a business, a music business within the Pacific Northwest industry. Because I don't want I don't want my artists within our area, which I love so much. I don't want them to run into to, to New York and to L.A. so soon, even though that's important because it's important to learn about the industries that aren't yours. But after you're done learning, come back. Invest in our community so we can one day be as big as L.A., one day as big as New York. That's a big detachment that we have in the Pacific Northwest music industry right now. The detachment is there's barely a music industry in the Pacific Northwest. And if there are businesses, well, that's cool that their headquarters are here, but mostly they probably operate outside of the state. Empower the people around you. That's how you change your community. That's how you create knowledge and wealth and information. That's how you create an industry. If that's how you operate and your business operates through passion, through sharing the wealth, sharing the information and the wisdom, that's how you create that better financial aspect for your for your community. That's where your increased GDP comes from. Don't let the financial aspect and the artistic side move away from each other. It's important for the artist to understand as much as the manager does. I think this is a big point and I want you to listen right now. Every artist should understand what a booking agent does and is capable of. If you're not able to employ a booking, if you're not able to do what a booking agent does, I don't know if you should employ one. You should learn about these things. If you can't be a music manager yourself, don't employ one. Learn about what a music manager does. And I'm not saying going, go and manage someone. But it's not, it's not a good idea to hire someone and make them do a job you don't even know what they're going to do. That's not a good way to spread the wealth and information and funds and create a good community. Sounds like a recipe for a disaster, honestly. That's like if I opened up a business and created a position for a, a business manager and not need it. And not even know what a music business manager would do for that business. Well, that's that's just an employee who doesn't probably know what they're going to do. Take the time to know those things. Because once everybody understands the information, that's where the true hard work starts to come through. That's where you start to see the results. If everybody's push, pulling their own weight within your group, that's where some real progress starts. Listen, as Soundcharts puts it, and I totally agree with this, the music industry is evolving faster than ever. Honestly, than ever we could even imagine. When I came into uh, arts industry and cultural innovation, that's one of the miners here at Western. They're awesome. Go check out Lucas and Eric, the, co- uh, the coordinators and teachers for that position. I was like in a completely different headspace. That's, that's two years ago. 
this industry is in a completely different sector than I thought I was going to start out in. It's a completely different area. I want you to understand that in order to be a successful musician or to, to be in a successful organization or business within the music industry, you need to stay on top of these things. These four points. Learn about the shape and aspects of how AI is changing this industry because man, there are some profitable ways in order to piggyback off that. Learn how we're, as consumers, consuming music, especially through playlist learning, all this contextual playlist and generative music and all this crap. Learn about the post-album era that we're about to be, that we are already in. Think about different ways you can converge media, different art forms with yourself. Start a media company and, and go from there. Maybe you have a friend in dance, a friend in film, uh, a couple of artists. Man, you already got a music agency. See how you can cross over different things. I touched on music gaming. What does it mean to be on Twitch? What does it mean to have your music on gaming? And what are some other things I haven't even thought of? I bet you have some. Let me know. And finally, I was talking about the financial aspect of the music industry and this detachment from the artistic side. I hate it. I'm repulsed by it. I think that finances and the artistic side is just as important. So as artists, I know it's not fun, but man, once you know this knowledge, it is a whole, it, you are so much more confident within what you do. It, it brought me so much optimism within the music industry as well. Once I learned the streaming, how shitty streaming sales are, I know that's so contradictory. I know that's so contradictory, but once you know how much money you're getting like per stream, it's empowering to understand how much money you need to, or how many streams you need to make in order to make a thousand dollars. You know, is that where you want to lie your accomplishments at? You know, it's the, it's the creating goals through the, the information you've learned. So finances and the artistic side, keep them together as the artists grow more powerful. So will their team. Anyway, I want to read this. The music industry is evolving faster than ever. Each year, new platforms and mediums skyrocket to prominence, minting household names and reshaping the way audiences connect with artists. Here's an example. TikTok and Little Nas X. Man, I bet you guys forgot about Panda, designer. That's 2016. That's only like four years ago. <laughs> like most people forgot about that guy among many others. I digress. Simultaneously, new technologies put creative tools into the hands of people who previously could not access them. That's us, folks. This is the DIY musician right here. Okay? I know I'm speaking to the, the industry sector, but I'm also speaking to the, the music sector, the DIY musicians. I hope whatever I just spewed to you made some sense. I hope you took some things away. I'm so appreciative of the time that you've allowed me to be your pop music coordinator this year for me to book shows, to kind of spread the information to, um, to Western. Please, if you ever, ever, ever have music questions, industry questions, or just want to get to know me as a person or want to know more about my business, hit me up. My Instagram is Hunter underscore Gillum, G-I-L-L-A-M. Or hit up AS, uh, AS, ASP's Instagram. They'll help you find me. Because I understand that if we spread the wealth, Pacific Northwest music industry 
will once be great again. Anyway, thank you so much, folks. This has been Music News Monday. A little different because Will Claussen was out. Our thoughts and our hearts lie with George Floyd and his family and for the protesters who are fighting for our freedom. We'll catch you on the flip side for Music History on Wednesday. And we also got something very special. This Friday, we're going to do a live Music History podcast. It'll be our last podcast with Hunter and Will. We appreciate the time that you've taken to listen to these podcasts. You're dope. You're fucking rad. Thank you for staying home and being healthy for COVID. Let's go protest for our freedom. 